0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Cabin Devils once again. Peterson, thank you so much for being here. We do have a Heart of Worship International Ministry. My very good friend JP and Hubbard, thank you so much uh, for being here. Mr. Stephen Lumonia, finally we get you on our live show. This is awesome. I'm very excited to have you tonight, Mr. Stephen. In fact, there's going to be a very, very, very special, special hand clap for you. Thank you for being here. We are really glad to have you. This is a very, very special day. Christmas came early for us, ladies and gentlemen. And today we are going to continue with our series on Christmas with uh, Mr. David Chiravila, who should be joining us uh, very shortly as we look at this whole concept of the son, God, becoming man. What does that mean? And I know sometimes, and most cases, we do take some of these questions for granted. Why? Because from a time we were children, we've been hearing the story of Christmas over and over and over. And when we see these pictures being posted everywhere, we kind of take it for granted. But also as believers, we have been ridiculed for what we believe. And uh, many have accused us of uh, worshiping another human being, a baby, if I can put it that way, and. That can be something if you do not have the right answers. But also the question we have to answer today is, why should we believe? Why why, why should this be important for us, that God became man? How do we apply these things in our lives is the very, very simple question. How do we apply this truth in our lives? And that's going to be our point of discussion today. Once again, you are welcome to Cabin Devils, your number one live podcast. It's a beautiful day. It's been awesome, and let me ask if any one of us is uh, wanting to share a story of what's been going on, you can call in live. Today, the show has been opened up to the rest of us to call in. Just tap that call in button and just share with us how your day has been. Joel, you're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. How has your day? What do you want for Christmas? Could be one of the questions you can answer. Just say, I'm secretly hoping to have an iPhone or an iMac. One iPad or AirPods, those are the best Christmas gifts, by the way. Uh, if you know what I'm talking about, but please go ahead and call in. Let us know what exactly do you want for Christmas? How has your day been as we join Cabin Devils tonight? It's great to be here, ladies and gentlemen. Right now, we do have Mr. JP John Bosco. JP, what's up? How have you been, sir? I've been fine and okay. I hope uh, you're fine too, Mr. Devi. <laughs> have you had supper? yeah of course i've had supper and it was nice i know you once you eat everything is okay the world's problems have been (laughs) solved but But mr jp what's up what do you want for christmas sir um for sure this has been a long time uh gift that i would like to expect and uh I, don't, I, don't, I I like it to happen to me in t- in, for, in terms of uh, provision because I want to surprise my mother mm. and uh, I want to buy for her a cake on Christmas and we celebrate her years. So um, yeah, because she's now a grown-up
1: lady. So I want to surprise her with a cake for real. She indeed, I want to show
0: her that love on Christmas. Awesome, awesome. I you
1: so hard that you down have you gone too far to find the middle ground? Did they raise you so
0: high just to put you back down? Have you been so lost you could never be found? You I'm did hear Mr. JB's uh, request. Actually, that's a very awesome, very, very beautiful request. That is a very good thing to like or want for Christmas, a gift for someone else. For someone else I mean that that that's awesome that is really really awesome and I know that uh, some of these things should be possible Um, I mean we pray and we believe and God does answer and so that that's awesome man and someone is uh, talking about here saying "Devi, I don't mind receiving an iPad and uh, even me, I don't, how about, even me, I don't. I love, I love iPads. It doesn't matter what, what version for as long as it begins with it, but how about, that's, that's awesome. I'm not saying Cabin Depot is offering iPads in any way, but <laughs> thank you so much for sharing uh, that with us. And then my queen is saying, I'd like to receive an iPhone from Ronita. That is being very, very specific. And how uh, about, I hope you know how to use it. Okay, someone has just thrown a punch at you. How about, and uh, that's awesome. That's all. Right. Let me ask Mr. David Cheria to call in right now so we can begin our conversation. But thank you guys for being a part of this. It's really awesome to look forward to some of these things. I mean, having an iPhone starts with a wish, and then you begin to save up for it, and then you begin to buy it, and then you begin to give it to someone else. That's how stuff works. David, what do you want for Christmas?
1: What do I want for Christmas? Uh, to be with my family, just time i think time is uh my greatest wish and gift that i can be given uh awesome. time to be away from all all the craziness and the busyness of the world and you know everything and just just chill and be with my with my family
0: hmm. Hmm. Yeah. i hear you the world can be so busy the year can go so fast and just be with family. I like what you've done with your place there with the campfire and stuff. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's just going to be very awesome family time. We are neighbors and we don't mind invitations, especially yeah, you're, where is involved. We, <laughs> we
1: have had so many people come, actually. The BI students seem to be enjoying our campfire place more than anybody else. So, mm. yeah, Peterson, we waited for you guys to leave. Uh, <laughs> put together the nice things. Uh,
0: so All right. sorry
1: for
0: That's you guys, but yep. yep. He'll be yep. fine. He'll be fine. Devi, this is going to be awesome. I think that uh, I was really hoping to get through some of this conversation really quick, but don't be in a hurry. I just found out that some of the best uh-huh. podcasts have about five questions, and the really, really uh-huh. awesome podcasts are the ones that don't get through to question number two. Uh-huh. <laughs> Those those are really, really awesome. So every time we come and we have not exhausted everything, it means Mm. the show is awesome. So let's not be in a hurry, but I do have three particular questions for you when it comes to our topic for tonight. And ladies and gentlemen, you can open your Bibles to John chapter one and just keep a finger there. Most of our discussion is going to revolve between verse one to verse 14. The word oh. becoming flesh and dwelling among us, and dwelling among us. Let me attempt to just uh, refresh our minds when it comes to John chapter one, in some of in the way these phrases uh, go, and of course verse one to verse three, I think is the most popular. Let me just go up to verse five. It says, "In the beginning was the word," and I'm reading from uh, the ESV. Um, it says, "In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God." He was in the beginning with God. And uh, as I read through this, I know it is really fast, but try and go through the entire grammar uh, of what um, these verses are talking about, and you realize there's so much truth in them. And let's, let's just take it a bit slower. In the beginning, that has a meaning to itself, was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And then verse 3, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I'm going to skip to verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. These passages alone are awesome, rich. But the first question is, why the usage of the word, word? Okay.
1: Um, why why well, the usage all, for the word, word? Good, yeah. good evening to everyone that's tuned in. Uh, sorry mm-hmm. I didn't uh, say hi. Um, I hope uh, you know, everyone has had a wonderful start to the week, and I pray that we all have a wonderful um, rest of the week. Uh, you know, when you read this, I was reminded of one gentleman that makes me remember this passage very well. You know, he he didn't go beyond Beningi, ingi. uh, Jacob Zuma, I remember when he was trying to read this verse, <laughs> the Beningi, ingi, <laughs> <you know>. <laughs> <laughs> but um, some South Africans are here, man, so let's <laughs> <to> be nice. <laughs> but uh, you know, why the word? Um, You would have to go to the Old Testament and understand uh, the Jewish mindset. Uh, John deliberately uses the word WORD, capital W, uh, and this begins from Genesis. You know, how does God create? He uses his word. He spoke, he said, uh, and that's the same word in Hebrew, that is Mary Mayer uh, to say, and so from that context, that is how God interacted with creation through His speaking creation into existence. And there's several instances in the Old Testament, for example, when Jacob, uh, you know, wrestles with God. Um, in the Talmud, the Jewish uh commentary of of the old testament the the name of god that is used there when he wrestled with god is that he wrestled with the word of god Um, so we see the interaction of god with his creation uh, in a physical way is always in the jewish mindset was referred to as the word of god so when john comes into this text and uses the word, the Jewish mindset would understand why the word is referring to God's interaction with creation. And so when you go back and read that, you know, it's referring to, in the beginning was the word, which word? And the word was with God, the interaction of God, the God interacting with man was with God, and the word was God. God's interaction with creation was God himself. So it is is important to have that, that Jesus Christ being introduced as the word in John, he's trying to say, this is God interacting or coming to interact with his creation. Which we call incarnation, the incarnation of Christ. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the that's the shot of 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 um, of why he, he has to be referred to as as the Word. In other words, his interaction, his connection with with creation, and in in this instance, with man himself. So this is a beautiful thing. It's a good thing. Um, and and and. Um, um, So when we read it, I think we need to have those eyes. This is God now. Wow. This is him coming to interact with with, with his creation. It's a more personal um, way of of God dealing
0: with with us. You know, um, I've had several commentators try to explain that. Um, And I'll be honest with you, when they start saying, go back to the Greek word and the Greek understanding, Uh, they, 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 they they are telling you, um, you're not going to go back. <laughs> you're, you're just not going to go back to the Greek understanding. They, they're kind yeah. of throwing something very impossible at you. And I think this is one of the very few times I've, I've, I've had someone the to in trying to go back to the cultural understanding yeah. of yeah. the word word and actually drawing a very direct line. For us laymen who may not have access to uh, these yeah. Greek and Hebrew uh, background uh, words, I've had someone else uh, simply put it that they used an example and says you get to know someone you know someone w- when they speak by what they say and yeah. like it's like yeah. a greeting say devi how are you how have you been and then you begin to understand who uh, the person here yeah. is who is talking to you for example we had uh, Mr. John Bosco speak to us we we know him a little bit better by what yeah. he shared with us um, in terms of just his desire and and, and most of us who have Even in the comment, we know a little bit about you. I know that if I bought Herbert and an iPad right now, it would please him by what they've written. And Mm. and and so God revealed Himself to us by the Word becoming Mm. flesh. And and that's how I've heard someone put it. But I don't know if it's far fetched. I don't know. It's kind of easy to remember. (laughs) But (laughs) there there is a connection. Yeah,
1: there is a connection, uh, but you also have to be very careful uh, mm. when you when you just think of it as just the message of God. Then you're saying Jesus Christ, in essence, is not God; he's just the message of God. Mm. Um, but what I'm saying is, and then I think uh, the distinction here is it's it's even a capital W. You know, it is it is God Himself. Uh, God spoke creation into existence. We don't say the words of God created. God is the one who created. Mm. okay, And he used the means of of his speech to create. So to be careful not to to see Jesus as a tool, Mm. but that his word is he himself. And, And actually Proverbs, there's also the connection to Proverbs where the word is personified uh, and, and sometimes in some instances between uh i believe it's proverbs 5 chapter 5 to proverbs chapter 8 uh, you see some instances where the word is also almost taking the the, the nature of god himself uh, as mm-hmm. it's personified being you know uh preached to the to the son uh, that proverbs is, is being written to so yes um there's that communication we need to under for us to understand uh who god is he, he it's His Word that we interact with mm. Him, but it's, it's beyond the Word. Mm. It is God Himself. I don't know whether that makes
0: sense. Yes, yes, it does. And that brings us to our next question uh, of discussion here, when we talk about the Word becoming flesh. I did mm. listen to Piper, and he made a great point. I mean, it was awesome uh, when he said, of course, when Christ becomes or He is born, what we know today as Christmas, whenever that day was, he, he was not created. And I think also that yeah. is implied in, in John chapter 1, mm. um, when he said nothing that has been made. I don't know if that's John or Colossians. I know both imply the same thing. I'm trying to look up the verse here so I can correctly uh, mm. quote it. Uh, just a quick one. In Colossians 2? or? There's Colossians 2, but I think it's implied as well in John. Mm. Um chapter one going to find it going to find it um yes verse verse 10 verse 10 john chapter 1 verse 10 he says he was in the world and the world was made through him yet the world did not know him that's one implication um but yeah i think it's colossians that that does talk about the fact that nothing was made that has been made without him that's colossians yes that's colossians yes and, and, and it's in interesting. Everything
1: consists,
0: yeah. Mm. It's interesting how he became flesh. He remember mm. one mm. verse one is already talking to us that he was in the beginning. Mm. He only became flesh, mm. okay, and. But what is the background uh, of all of this? Of course, we want to go back to the beginning. But why is it? Why is this the best solution for man's problems that God becomes flesh? I can can also note that, uh, of course, we already noted that becoming flesh is not the same thing as being created. He only became, but also that he was in the beginning. But the question I cannot really be able to fully answer is, why Christmas? Why Christmas? He could have just become flesh without being born. Um, But but, but why does he have to be born? Why does he have to become man? Have you been able to reconcile some of those things in in your study? And I think this question, David, is important because we will cease to look at Christ just like any other prophet. And you already nailed that in saying this is God becoming flesh. But also Muslims cannot fully accept that part. It's like we are worshiping another human being. And so reconciling the two and maybe asking the why question will help us understand exactly what God is trying to do. And I implied this in the poster, what God is trying to do in this world in solving man's problems and how we too can come along and, and, and just take things serious, that God is up to Mm -hmm. something, that he has to become man to solve our worst problem, which I believe is sin. Why is it important that he becomes flesh, David?
1: Wow, that's a very heavy question. Um, But again, I'll take you back to the beginning. Uh, I I mean, there's Mm -hmm. no any other way uh, we can respond to that. One, let me say it's because that's what God chose. Why he chose that, I do not know why he decided from the beginning that that's, that's what is going to be the remedy for man's sin. Right in Genesis 3, when man sins, in Genesis 3.15, God makes a promise. He says, and I will put enmity between you and the woman, uh, talking to, to the serpent, and between your seed and her seed. Um, and I usually, when I'm teaching... Um, this portion i i point out the fact that in a very good bible the second seed is capitalized whenever you see anything capitalized it is a proper noun it is referring to a person and that capital s seed is referring to christ and this christ that it is referring to had to be the seed of a woman in other words born of woman In the likeness of woman in flesh, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel, capital H again. So right from the beginning, when we fell, when our parents fell, um, God had already decided that someone in flesh would come and would have to deal with what Satan had done to to undo the... uh, you know, what Satan had done in in, in bringing about the fall of man. So it's important to to understand that from the word go. It it was a done deal from the beginning. God had already decreed uh, that Christ had to come in flesh. Now, why did he have to come in flesh? We also get to understand from the Bible, uh, Hebrews 9.22, it says, for in fact, it is, Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. That for sin to be forgiven, the sin that came in in Genesis chapter 3, okay, that was passed on to each and every one of us, um, has to be dealt with the shedding of blood. Now, temporarily, God gave the Israelites, you know, the blood of lambs, the blood of cows, the blood of Animals to be able to temporarily deal with the fellowship issue, not for salvation, the fellowship issue. If someone wronged God and wanted to be restored in fellowship with God, as Israel, the children of God, they had to shed blood to deal with the sin. Uh, If someone sinned against one another, blood had to be shed and a peace offering had to be made and fellowship was restored. So blood is important to be poured and Hebrews tells us that Jesus Christ comes and it's actually in this very passage that we're looking at John introduces Jesus Christ as behold the lamb so Jesus Christ comes as the lamb for the purposes of him in flesh and of course if he came in flesh he also has blood for purposes of him shedding his blood for the forgiveness of our sins Because Romans 6.23 tells us, uh, for the wages of sin is death, right? Um, But God avails us, you know, salvation or forgiveness. So he came to be a payment, to be a sacrifice. He's also uh, actually referred to as the Passover lamb, okay? Um, John 29, you know, behold the lamb that has come. So it was important that he came in flesh so that he has the blood that would be used for the atonement for our sins. If he came in any other way, the Holy Spirit cannot accomplish our salvation. The Holy Spirit seals us for our salvation. He guides us in our salvation. He convicts us of sin into salvation and even through salvation, but he cannot offer us uh, salvation. Um, it, It has to be done with the blood, and that's God's law. That's God's requirement. So that's number one. Genesis um, 3.15, of course, we, we, we see God had decreed that you know the seed of man would destroy Satan. And Hebrews 2, 14 to 16 tells us the same thing: that Jesus Christ came to destroy Satan. He had to come in flesh so as to be able to destroy Satan. He did not have to come in any other way. It had to be in flesh, and that's what Hebrews 2, 14 to 16 tells us. Another one, another reason why he had to come in flesh, Hebrews, and and most of these are in Hebrews, by the way, Uh, why Christ is a better sacrifice, so he's a better high priest. Uh, We needed a high priest, okay? We needed a high priest, uh, a physical, and the high priest had to be a physical individual Although not in the order of Aaron uh, but in a different order, to be there on our behalf to 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 sacrifice on our behalf. Number four, uh, and this is very important as well, you know it's one thing for me to say uh, stay very far from my children, and all I do is just send them text messages and tell them, uh, son, I want you every morning when you wake up, I want you to be reading your Bible. That is very different from when I come where they are staying and I would be with them for about a month and they see me read the Bible. I learned the practice of having uh, morning devotions and praying from my grandfather. At that time, I never liked it. I was very young and they had to wake, up, wake us up at 5 a.m. and I would, I would wake up with the rest. I had my favorite corner in my grandfather's bedroom. Where I would, you know, curl up and take a nap until I had the last song when they were done. But you know, with time of seeing that, it 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 endeared something to me, and I knew this is what it means, and I saw how it was done. So it was important for Jesus Christ to come. When you read John 13 15, I don't know if someone can put it up there. John 13 15 it says he came in flesh so that he could be our example. So when God says forgive, he came to demonstrate forgiveness. And we saw that. When God asks us to give, he came to demonstrate what give means. When we are told to to pray, we know what it means to pray because we saw, and he actually even went ahead and taught them how to pray without god doing that it would have remained theory theory that yes this supreme god has ordered us to do but is this is this possible is it possible and we know it is possible because he did it and he gave us an example through the jesus christ coming in flesh and if he gave us an example as as a phantom like the the early Greeks used to believe. Some of them, the, the Gnostics, believed that Jesus Christ was not flesh and blood, but just a mirage, an appearance. It still wouldn't be an example for us because we need someone that is like us. You know, uh, <clears throat> you cannot get a a, a genius from Oxford, uh, and and then we do an exam, all of us together, and then the guy gets like 110%. And then you, you start telling us, you see, even this guy has got 110%, why are you getting 20%? That's not, that we can't relate to that. And so God had to give us something or someone that we could relate to, and that someone had to come in flesh. Number two, I mean, number five, uh, Galatians 3.13, tells us Jesus Christ had to come in flesh. Why? To break the curse of sin. The curse of sin could not be broken any other way apart from, you know, Him coming in flesh and dying on the cross. Uh, you know, and how did He die? He died on the cross as a sign of a curse. Being Dying on the cross was a sign of a curse, so He took our place. And 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 this is a huge picture of the Old Testament mindset, the Jewish religion, the Hebrew religion. You know, there there always had to be a replacement. If you didn't die, something else had to die. If there was a curse in in, in the camp, and you saw this several times in the Old Testament, either some sacrifice had to be done to be able to cleanse, to take away the curse that God either had put upon the camp because of Achan and, and his sinfulness, um, and, and several instances that we see. So he had to take the curse that was put upon us in Genesis 3, and that had to be done in flesh. First Peter 2.4 tells us he had to come in flesh to carry our sin. And the last one is, I, I, this is one of my favorite ones. Um, <clears throat> um, Hebrews 4.14-16, 4, I, I love this. You know, he had to come in flesh and experience exactly what I am going through. So that he can, as my advocate, he, he, he does that with understanding. Okay. He can empathize with us. He knows what I'm going through. Listen, whatever temptation that you and I face is not foreign to Christ. It was important for, you know, it's so so easy for um, God to, you know, have stayed in his state as God, you know, uh, as a holy God separate from us, and just simply give us, you know, the commands and say, do this and that. And we would say, but God, you don't understand. (laughs) You don't understand what it means to be tempted in this way. You don't understand what it means to be tempted with money, with wealth, you know, being offered the whole kingdom. You don't understand. No, he understands. And because he understands, we have someone that is approachable, that we can talk to, and he will understand when I am frustrated. He will understand why I am almost giving up, and and he'll come and strengthen me the way he was also strengthened by the Spirit. You remember that whole episode of his temptation? It says and the Holy Spirit came and, and, and empowered him and strengthened him. He was at his weakest point at that point. But So it was important that he came in flesh, that he understands what we are going through, that he goes through what we are going through, and that makes him a better high priest, a better advocate, and a better counselor, and a better companion, and a better Lord and Savior. So those are the ones that I I could come up with. Really, there are many, but these these are the seven that I, I felt I needed to share with us that are critical. Even as we look at Christmas, it's not a baby that came. And some of us, mm-hmm. unfortunately, we, we still see him as a baby, even in our, in, our, in our everyday lives. He stays a baby who has no voice, but just cry. When we do something, he's just crying. And, and then we move on, we can choose to ignore them. Uh, no, no, no. It was important that he came in flesh for these reasons. And these are reasons that have um, a real impact uh, in our own
0: lives. That's, that's that's awesome. I mean thinking about all he has he had to do for us to find victory uh, over sin it's disturbing when we try uh, in our own strength uh, to overcome and we fail. Um, but also I think the other disturbing part to be is uh, choosing to live in sin and, and as if he, he he didn't do anything, especially for us believers. I think that's that's yeah. just a very absurd um, talking about all that is involved in, for us, finding victory and, and being saved. He had to be born, had to die, for without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness uh, of sin, just like you rightly uh, quoted the verses. It's, it's, it's interesting because this does not leave us the same. It definitely calls for a different lifestyle. It calls for us to share this same good news with those who do not know, who have no clue. And so let me remind you, if you would like to, and you have some items in your house right now that you think you can give away, we are holding the Samaritan Sunday this coming December and uh, on the 19th. And Samaritan Sunday means we are imitating that story uh, that Christ told of a good Samaritan. And, and we're giving out items. It could be gently used clothes. It could be utensils, saucepans, could be a chair, a bed. That you'd like to give away we would gladly receive it but for every item we do intend to have a gospel conversation with the individual that is going to take it it will be like a market we'll put these items out and every person will come having a ticket that allows them to grab three items but as they're guided through that we'll ask them what the most valuable things are for them in this life and if that they know christ jesus this season of christmas and if they don't we'll invite them to believe and trust Christ for salvation. And so you can be a part of this by giving your gently used items. Make space for Christmas gifts. Make space for Christmas gifts. You don't need you don't need seven t-shirts. You only need seven uh, for each day of the week. By the time you're done through the seventh, the first one would have dried. In fact, uh, Frank and I did that challenge We showed up in our same clothes that we've been wearing for Sunday, and we've chosen to do that until Samaritan Sunday. David, let's not try and postpone Samaritan Sunday in any way, uh, because we've committed uh, to wear this until Samaritan Sunday. But I hope that you guys can be a part of this. If you'd (laughs) like to, please send me an email, david at cabindevils.com. And we'll find a way to pick these items up. Talk to your friends, not just your items. Talk to your friends and let them be a part of this. The last Samaritan Sunday, we had more than 30 people pray to receive Christ for salvation. And I want to thank each one of you that participated in that. I know some of you have already reached out to me and reorganizing transport uh, to find a way to pick those items up. But if we, let me ask one final question, um, and then I'll play for us a beautiful song by for King and Country. What does all of this mean for us? And of course, we've looked at the word um, and and God, uh, of course, uh, becoming flesh, the word becoming flesh, and why he had to do that. You've given us several reasons. But the Mm. other that um, is, is kind of interesting is the fact that he had to dwell among us. He had to dwell among us. I, I would like to understand this miracle of God dwelling with men. I mean, this is like really black and white. We don't deserve, especially after Genesis chapter 3, that God would dwell among us. And of course, he came lived among men uh, for more than 30 years. And understand most religions have uh, places of worship. They, they have temples. And, and this is where the divine meets the mortal men. And, and there's an attempt to understand each other within a temple and christians say he dwells in me that, that we are the mm. temple of the holy spirit mm. this, this should scare me to death if mm. if it's if it's literal and true how, mm. how should this affect me or the way that i live and of course we cannot say that he's here physically in his body but we also know that the word became flesh in terms of the son christ jesus but now he dwells among us. One, in the sense that he lived among men, but now he is with us and we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Briefly, maybe in just a couple of minutes, one or two, uh, Devi, if you can do that.
1: Well, I mean, again, these are just pictures of the Old Testament. Um, I was telling mm-hmm. people the other day I love the Old Testament because it gives us a a background of what God is talking about and there's good illustrations of what we are being told in the New Testament. Um, remembering that the New Testament, people that are receiving whatever you know Paul is writing, they have that background, the Jewish background. So when Paul is declaring that we are the tabernacle of the Holy Spirit, we need to go back and, and ask ourselves, where else is the tabernacle mentioned? The tabernacle is mentioned in the Old Testament. And where was the tabernacle? Right at the center of the camp. That is where God dwelt. Why did God dwell in the midst of the tabernacle? Because he was trying to show the rest of the tribes and the Israelites that they are his. Right before this, he introduces himself to uh, Moses to go and tell the children of Israel that I am. In other words, I am God with you. I'm not the God of Abraham and Jacob, a, a far removed God. I am with you. I will always be with you. I, I have been with you, an ever-present God. Um, and that was a message of assurance that he's not a distant God. And he, if they had any doubt, you know, and, 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 and not this. He does that to, to show them that he's close, he's with them, just before he saves them. Okay? He brings himself as a personal God. A relatable God to them before He saves them from Egyptian bondage. Same thing we see in John, right? He comes and introduces Himself as a personal God, relatable God, for purposes of saving His people. Now, after He saves them from Egyptian bondage through, you know, the Passover, you know, ritual and the crossing of the Red or the Red Sea, now He comes and says, "Build me a house." I want to dwell in your midst. Okay? It's the same thing that happens to us. We accept Jesus Christ as our Savior and then He dwells in us. He stays in our midst. Now, why was He in their midst? During the day He was a cloud, and at night a pillar of fire to guide them. As a relate and, and, and now they became we call it a theocracy, a, a kingdom that was being led by God. A kingdom that had a relationship with God. So he was there to lead them, to be their king, to be their Lord. Why should Jesus Christ, or why should the Spirit of God dwell in us? Why are we the temple? So that he can dwell in there and be Lord, to lead us through the wilderness of life, to provide for us in those moments where we are lacking water, where we are lacking food and he provides manna. He's supposed to be our Lord, and God, and not just our Savior, but our Lord, and that's the purpose why He dwells in us, uh, not because He does not have a, a place or He's missing out, He's a destitute. No, the purpose is for Him to move from just being a Savior, for Him to be Lord of our lives. And I think I shared this some time back when we looked at Romans, you know, twelve one. That's what it means to offer myself as a living sacrifice to Him, because that is that is that I'm able to prove. to to live in line with his perfect uh, good uh, will. So why dwell in us? So that he can be Lord over us, so that he can lead and be our guide um, in, in every aspect of our life. So how did the Israelites therefore relate? They separated themselves. They were supposed to separate themselves from everything else and dedicate themselves towards this God who lived in their midst. That's the same call that we are given in Romans 12, 1 and 2. Not only do we give ourselves to him so that he can dwell in us, but in verse 2 it says, and do not be conformed to the world by be transformed, but be transformed. God dwelt in the midst of the Israelites in the wilderness, in the tabernacle, so that they could be dedicated to him. He becomes their Lord and they will be separated from the rest of the world. It's the same concept with us, friends. Don't you know you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? And what else goes with that verse? For us to separate ourselves
0: and him to be our Lord. David. Awesome. This is this is great stuff. Um, you just reminded me of a couple of other names that uh, are used to refer to Christ when he's talked about as being Emmanuel, uh, which is God mm-hmm. with us wonderful counselor and i know we did attempt to try and understand biblical counseling and i know this word can be looked at also mildly but also the other word is prince of peace and of course there's an enmity between god and man and he's 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 fulfilling all these not responsibilities non-tasks i don't even know what name to give him but all of this is an attempt to really um redeem mankind and and i love i love how you've ended this particular part when he says therefore the call is for us to be separate and israel has always been different uh, mm. from the rest of the world because of the god that they know uh, be separate don't be conformed to the standard of this world but be renewed by the transformation of your mind ladies and gentlemen it's about uh, a few minutes heavy as we come to the end of our time, it's about 10 minutes, the top of the hour. Is there any other lessons you picked up from John chapter 1 between verse 1 and 14 that you'd like to share with us as we go to bed? David?
1: Well, I mean, <clears throat> just to to be reminded that that is uh, him coming in, 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 in flesh uh, was not just for purposes of salvation and, and he came to be with us to you know identify with us give us an example and you know do these miracles and and then move on uh that that was just the beginning of the ushering of god you know permanently being with us and amongst us um and i love one of my favorite uh, passages passages those who have had me preach probably you have had me quote this over and over again in um, in my counseling sessions. I love this um, Hebrews thirteen, and incidentally, Hebrews thirteen also talks about him being, you know, coming in the flesh and being the perfect sacrifice. But it concludes with uh, some very encouraging promise that God makes. Not only did he commit himself to come in flesh. Uh, and and die on the cross for us and resurrect again and and then, you know, walk around and be with these people. But he makes an enduring promise and says this in Hebrews 13, um, uh, verse 5, it begins where it says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. That him coming in flesh began a, an enduring and permanent relationship with you. And yes, Christ is, he left and dwells with his Father, but he left us the Holy Spirit who is God himself. and we know, no matter what we' are going through, no matter what we have done, no matter you know how dark things seem, we know this for a fact, that he will never leave us nor forsake us. I remember the last few moments of my mother on earth. Uh the doctor that was supposed to attend to her was not around, had was tending to another emergency, and then the assisting doctor also had run off and he was running to go get blood from the blood bank and you know the ambulance was not available and, and my mom was gasping for breath and I you know, I felt helpless for a few seconds and then I just remembered this verse that God was there with us. And and I remember those are the last words that I whispered to my mom and I said, you know what, it's okay, mom, Christ is here with us. It's okay, Christ is here with us. That he did not just come to offer salvation to be with us, but it's an enduring promise, no matter what we're going through. Verse six says, so we may boldly say, as a result of him committing to be with us, Emmanuel, God with us, the counselor, paraclete, the one who walks with us um, and doesn't leave us. The Lord is my helper. He's an ever-present helper. And I will not fear. What can man do
0: to me, David? Thank you. That's a great reminder, David, especially where times can be difficult to make sense of. Um, mm. That he is with us. And uh, I've always gone back to Psalm 23. To remember that the psalmist says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are mm. with me. And it, it, it's it's always great to remember that he is with us. He is with us. Sometimes challenges and uh, difficulties make us forget those things. Mm. But I love when he says, cast your anxieties to him, for he cares, for he cares. Mm. And I know in your preaching, Devi, you've referred to us people who <laughs> When someone asks for prayer requests, we simply send back two hands together (laughs) and uh, they are praying. And you did use that same example this past Sunday. And that's one sense of saying, I care, taking the courtesy to acknowledge someone's need and actually pray and let them know with a simple picture that you care. But the other beautiful picture of caring is to send a different text, one that says you have received 50,000 from David Shavida. Reason, prayer request answered. But the other person that really cares is one who gets that 50,000 and walks over to you and says, this may not be enough, take care of your need, but what can I do? I'm here. Mm -hmm. One Mm -hmm. that is with you is is just awesome. And I think even beginning this conversation today, when we said, what do you want for Christmas? I said, I want to be with family. There's there's a a need to be present. There's a need to be present. And he, he is with us. It's not just a text. it's not a mobile money. It is mm. not one who has come to see you and they are leaving at the end of the day because that's what humans can do with their um, i mean we we are limited in some of the things we can do. but he is and, not. and,
1: da- he and can, david he yeah. he already sent a text to us right mm. Um, mm. you know, through his word that's that's his text, if you want to call it that. Mm. But he went mm-hmm. ahead and, and and came himself and said, "I'm not just going to give you a text. I'm going to come myself and dwell amongst mm-hmm. you, and, and offer you that salvation." So,
0: yeah. yeah. And he promised never to leave you nor forsake you. Mm-hmm. Ah, mm-hmm. That's that's just beautiful to hear. And, and, you know, and you know the context. You. Yeah.
1: You know the context mm-hmm. of Hebrews. It, it's believers mm-hmm. who are going through a difficult time. And a number of them were beginning to forsake the, the faith. And, mm. and Hebrews is written to them telling them, hey, listen, guys, stay strong. He is with you. Don't give up. Mm. It's much worse where you're, you're trying to go back. Okay, because you are mm. trying to go back to Judaism and telling, listen, it doesn't even make sense. Sometimes I wonder how non-believers go through life without Christ. But now mm. you, you have Christ. He dwells in you. We just have to be reminded that he is there with you and is your ever-present help and it's good that he came in flesh to dwell amongst us and he still dwells amongst us in our own personal life
0: that's awesome it's just great to know i mean i wish i could be here the whole night just listening to the truth of his word and just sucking it in and and, and just feeling uh, my heart with these beautiful words uh, from 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 the from the scriptures because this is truth that we are talking about. But let me remind you to subscribe to cabindevils.com. Just visit the website and leave us your email address. There are moments this season where we will be kind of quiet as Cabin Devils live, but we will not be quiet in your inbox. We are not going to be quiet in your inbox. We'll be sending you awesome content all through some of the podcasts you could have missed are going to be published we're expecting i'm personally expecting a gentleman chip nightingale who is going to join us again uh, on this show this december go to cabindevos.com right now and leave your email address there and let us know how we can be able to minister to you in any way this Christmas. If you're going to listen to a podcast before you go before to, you, be- go to bed. you go to bed, you can as well grow in your faith. your number one
1: live podcast
0: every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 9 p.m. East African Time.